John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of God's world. He's the father of Ragwest Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this message. Happy with some of the testimonies that I heard this morning. Last week, I shared with you that before I pray with you, I, I, I just want to, before you sit down, there's something I want you to know that. God is a person. God is not a power, even though he's the all-powerful God. God is not an influence, even though he exercises influence. God is a person. There are three attributes that makes a person. The, the will. The will, the emotion, and the intellect. Those who go far with God, those who receive more from God, are those who make it their life goal, make it their life goal to relate with his emotion, with his will, and with his intellect. The emotion of God is the music side of God also. That is why the Bible says he inhabits the praises. To relate with the emotion of God, you are treating him as a person. Do you know that when we pray to God, we pray to him as a power? Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And in your mind, you are just imagining a being with a Power that will just sweep the thing away, and the moment you say, In Jesus' name, I pray, that ends it. Your relationship with Him starts when you say, In Jesus' name, I pray, and the whole day, nothing else again. Till the next morning, how many of you would like to marry such a husband? Oh, when is she he, or a wife? I need money, I need money, I need money, I need money. And you give the, the, your wife the money until the next time she needs another money. She, comes, she doesn't come to say anything. If you are like that, you are relating with him as a power. It is wrong. No person ever loves anybody who comes only because of need. God Almighty does not love those who come to him because of need. You can never get the best out of God. Never, never. Oh God, when there is a problem. Oh God, when there is a need. Oh God, but he has never heard you say, Lord, I love you. Oh God, some of you never sang to him this morning. And that's why even when we are dancing, some of you don't dance. Because to you, he is a power. He's not a person. So you only use the power to execute to, to execute something, you don't relate with power. Do you understand? You need power for a purpose, not for relationship. This morning, when you want to sing to him, I want to sing to him as a person. Are you ready to do that? And that is why I'm dedicating Tuesday now 
in improving our worship experience because God is a person. He wants to hear that word, I love you. He wants to hear the word, oh God, you mean the word to me. He's a person. He wants to hear you say, oh God, thank you. And that is all you came to say to him that morning. Thank you. Not, you are not asking for shoe. Prayer is not about asking. Prayer is about relationship. Now this morning, everywhere you are, I want you to relate to him in the next few minutes as a person. Tell him you love him. Tell him you don't want anything now, but you just want to tell him you love him. Tell him how much it means to you. Tell him that, you, Father, you mean the world to me. Don't shout. Talk to him like your husband. Talk to him like your wife. Talk to him like your daddy. Talk to him like your mommy, your sister. Speak gently with him now and tell him how precious he is to you. We are gathered in his presence to fellowship with the Almighty, to relate with the one who created us, the one who gave us breath, the one we cannot exist without him, the one who is our everything, everything to us, is our life, is our eyes, the one who loves us with unconditional love. Even when we are far, he draws us near. When we refuse to acknowledge him, he never gives, us, gives up on us. Even when we refuse to look up to him, he always, look, he always remembers us. Even when we don't know how to appreciate or celebrate him, he has never ceased to love us. Lift your voice this morning and just talk to him. As a, as a person, as a person that deserves your love, he deserves your emotion, he deserves your thank you, he deserves your appreciation. He wants to hear that thank you from you. He wants to hear that love word from you. He wants to hear that email from you. He wants to hear you say, Oh, lover of my soul. Oh, God, we love you. Father, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, precious spirit of the Lord, we love you. Oh, you mean everything to us, oh God. Nobody can be compared to you, oh God. You are not just a giver, you are a lover, Lord. We cannot cease to say thank you for your goodness. Oh, this is another week. Thank you for your faithfulness. We celebrate you, Lord. We just want to say Baba, we just want to say, come on, love him right now. Baba, he's a person. Come on. Can I have somebody want to say Ashe to him this morning? Oh, we just want. Oh, we want to say 
food we eat for all the blessings we enjoy we want to say want to say we want to say we want to say So, Heavenly Father, we want to say we love you. We love you, Lord. Forgive us for treating you as a power. Forgive us for treating you as a thing. Forgive us for treating you as one without emotion. Lord, help us to understand your feelings more. Help us to do those things that you love. Help us to live to love you more. Help us to draw near to you. Not because of what we want to get. Not because of our problems. Not because of our needs. But because we want to know you and love you. May this be our primary aim always, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your sweet presence in the person of the Holy Spirit that is here to teach us. And this morning, open our eyes to know you more. I pray that everyone's understanding shall be open to know you more, oh God. I thank you in Jesus' name. You may please be seated. Now let me quickly make one important statement. When you call in God, you are relating with him as a power. When you call him father, you are relating with him as a person. Oftentimes, when people use the word God, it is the imagination is about a being that is so powerful that all they can do is to just fear him Receive from him. And that is it. But when you call him father. You understand his compassion. And the good news of Jesus. Is about the fatherhood of God. Up until. Jesus came. Nobody knows the almighty God as a father. They know him as God almighty. They know him as Elohim. They know him as Jehovah. But in Jesus, 
In Christ Jesus, the fatherhood of God was revealed to the world. God is Old Testament, in, in quote. The fatherhood of God is the New Testament. That is the good news. So you don't just fear him. You love him. You love him. Make it your aim in life to love God. God can cry. Say, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. God can cry. You, might, you can make him cry. And God can weep. And God can be happy. You can make him happy. Luke chapter 15 said, he rejoiced over every soul that repents. The choice is yours. So from today, in the place of your prayer, I will have you say more of the word, Father. That's why Jesus, when he was teaching us to pray, he said, no, he didn't say our heavenly God. He said, say our what? Heavenly Father. Go and check your Bible. He, didn't, he did not use the word God. He said, say our heavenly Father. Then you will say to yourself, how do I relate with my natural father? This habit that until you shout, God will not hear. No. Learn to talk in the place of prayer. Father, thank you for today. I love you, Lord. What will you have me do for you today, Lord? You know, that is for another day, but I just need to let you know that. Put your hands together for Jesus. I've been sharing on the subject of the powers of a cross. And under that subheading, I've been sharing on the subject of the deaths of Christ. But because today is our healing and deliverance Sunday, in the evening we'll be having healing and deliverance with communion service. It's imperative for me to bring another aspect of the cross which is the symbol of the cross. What does this cross represent, symbolizes? Let me just stand here a bit and just give you something. When you look at the cross, Imagine a hand. Because this was Jesus on this cross. This one side of it represents the Old Testament. Jesus was not a Christian. Jesus operated under the law of Moses. Jesus brought Christianity, but he was not a Christian. So there was no Christianity until the death on this cross and the resurrection took place. Do you understand that first part? The Old Testament ended here. The New Testament began. 
For we are not under the law. So he brought people from the law to his grace. Transference from the law to the grace. He's going to help you understand what I'm about to teach. Wherefore God had highly exalted him by giving him a name that is above every name. The cross also represents the power of the name of Jesus. Remember the first thing I said, the cross represents a new beginning. From old covenant to a new covenant. That's the first thing. The cross symbolizes the power of the name of Jesus. One of these days, by the grace of God, on that same series, I'm going to be teaching on the power of the name of Jesus. The power of the name in the name of Jesus. But I want you to know that one of the other things this cross symbolizes is the power in the name of Jesus. Wherefore God had highly exalted him by giving him a name that is above every name. Both things in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Do you get it now? Wherefore God had highly exalted him, Jesus, on this cross, by giving him a name above what? Every name. Three dimensions that the name of Jesus operates. Three, both things in where? Here. Here. Under the earth. Three heavens. The atmospheric heavens. The above the atmosphere heaven. Where the world calls the galactic world. And the third heaven. Where Paul said it was where the throne of God is. One earth. Under this earth, there are five worlds under the earth. How many worlds? Five worlds. I'm going to teach on that. That I said, that's why you see that I took our time to print this banner because it's a long series. Five worlds. You have Sheol, which is called the place for the dead. Those who rejected God, we call it hell. You have paradise. Paradise is no longer in existence. Paradise is the place that people that used to, anyone in the Old Testament covenant, all right, those saints all went to paradise. That's why Luke chapter 14 began to talk about that Abraham was seen in paradise. But when Jesus died and rose again, in Matthew 28, you saw that the saints in paradise came up with him. Abraham and the rest were in paradise, but now they are in heaven. Then you have Atarus. Atarus where it talks about the place where the angels that slept with the women um, during the time of Noah, where God kept them. Don't worry, don't worry. It's not for tonight. Don't worry. I told you we are going to get about. But five words. Don't let me go that deep. So this cross represents the power of the name of Jesus. Now that's not where I'm going to teach today. The third thing, so the first thing the cross represents was what? A new covenant. And what's that new covenant? The New Testament. The new covenant. That is the covenant in the blood of Jesus. There are eight dispensations. Eight dispensations. I think seven to eight. We have the dispensation of innocence. That is the pre when Adam did not sin. 
the dispensation of conscience. Then we have the dispensation of promise, which is Abrahamic. Adamic is innocent. Promise is Abrahamic. Dispensation of the law. But I don't want to go there too much. But seven dispensations, we are going to go there. Now, I told you the other time that we are, um, we are going to start taking deep things, not milk. We've been taking milk as Christians for so long. I want to start teaching you things that will bring victory to your Christian work. The next thing that the Christ, this cross symbolizes is the price of redemption. The price of redemption. What is redemption? In our world today, the symbol of redemption is money. Anytime I go to a store, I want to redeem any item, I want to buy any item. All I need to do is give them money, right? When I give them money, they release the item to me. If I do not give money and I take the item, I'm not going to be called a customer. I will be called what? A thief. Why? Because I did not pay the necessary redemption price to get that item. So, even though I, the item is with me, it is illegally with me. I may be moving around with it because I was not caught, but according to the law, is a stolen property. What makes it a stolen property is because there was no price that was paid for it. Do you understand? So it cannot, it does not matter how long the item is with me, it should not be regarded as my own because I did not pay the price for it. God wanted to give you blessing. Adam had handed the leader, the, the dominion of the world to the devil. Legally. God cannot just come into the world and begin to do things for his children without first dealing with that redemption price. So this cross of Jesus, instead of calling it, we call money the price of redemption in our own world, in the spirit realm, this represents the money that was paid for you and I. Are you with me? The cross symbolizes the redemption, the price of redemption that was paid. Thank you. The price of redemption that was paid. I need you to get that because that's where we are today. And um, I don't want you to miss this evening's service, the healing service, because I'm going to be teaching more on this. I'm going to be teaching more in the evening by 5 p.m. on that subject. But remember that, so that the price of redemption, that is what the cross symbolizes. Now, anywhere the cross shows up, there are two major things that shows up there. Forgiveness of sin and healing. 
Forgiveness of sin and healing. Wherever you see the cross, you see forgiveness. Wherever you see the cross, you see healing. Wherever you see the cross, you see forgiveness. Wherever you see the cross, you see healing. Healing and forgiveness. There are two sides of the same coin. One does not go without the other. Healing and forgiveness. They are, they are two sides of the same coin. So if you have ever seen a coin, you, may, you will see two faces, two different images. One may be the face of a bird, the other, other the face of a rabbit. If you try to remove the face of the bird and separate it from the face of the rabbit from the coin, you will destroy the coin. So, Jesus did not just die to bring forgiveness to us. He also died to bring healing to us. Healing is our heritage in Christ. But unfortunately, we've received the message of forgiveness, 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 and we have dropped the message of healing. We are not talking about healing. Healing and forgiveness goes together. They are the same thing. One cannot go without the other. Is somebody with me now? Now, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 then says, Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Remember, redeem, to, be, to redeem means by, by payment of a price. To buy something to, by paying for a price. To recover from the power of another. To redeem means to recover from the power of another by paying a price. It means to buy off. So for instance, how many of you look at this handkerchief? This handkerchief was once in the power of somebody. This handkerchief was once in the power of somebody. Now, I sent somebody there to go and ransom this handkerchief. To go and redeem this handkerchief. So the person went to the store of that person and located this handkerchief, gave the price and redeemed the handkerchief from the power of that person. So every day they locked that shop. The handkerchief used to be under the power of that shop or that store, right? They, every day, this handkerchief was a slave to that store. The handkerchief cannot go anywhere it wants to go. It wants to go. The handkerchief has to remain on that store until the person came to redeem it. Now, is somebody getting what redemption is now? And the only way the person could redeem it is to go, pay the price, and took the handkerchief with him. 
Now the handkerchief is no longer under the power of whoever owns that store or that store anymore. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. Sin is a curse. Sickness is a curse. Anybody that ever tells you that sickness is a blessing, God makes us sick to bless us, that is your greatest enemy. Now, if sickness is your enemy, then why is your, if sickness is a blessing, then why do you need a doctor? Because you are now going to the doctor to take away your blessing. Is that not what it means? Why do you want the doctor to take away your blessing? Why do you want someone to pray that God should take your blessing away? Until you realize that sickness is a curse. Sickness is not a blessing. God cannot heal you. Because God will not take your blessing away from you. God will not take away blessings from you. He will only take away curse, not blessing. Never ever justify or call any sickness a blessing. Sickness is not a blessing. And when you see sickness as a blessing, you can never be healed of it. Because God will not take your blessing from you. Say with me, sickness is not a blessing. Disease is not a blessing. Say, I refuse to call sickness a blessing. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me today? Are you getting that fact? No, are you getting that fact? Oh, church, are you with me this morning? Now, Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 then says, But unto you that hear, or unto you that fear my name, shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Look at it now. Two aspects of the cross again. He said, number one, unto you that fear my name, look at the first thing you saw there. The son of what? Righteousness. Forgiveness. 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 Then he said, with healing in his wings. Two aspects. It goes together. Forgiveness. Healing. Do you realize that that's why you hear Jesus when, when he wants to heal some people say, your sins are forgiven. They arise. Your sins are forgiven. The primary source of sickness is sin. Listen. Oh, pastor, are you saying that everybody that is sick has committed a sin? No, that's not what I'm saying. But sin is the primary source of all sickness. Now, there is sin in this world. That is why you see that everything degenerates because of the power of sin. If you put your iron outside, even though the iron is not human being, after some time you see the iron rusting. Not because of the fact that the iron has committed sin, but because there is the presence of sin in the world. That causes things to degenerate. Put your garden outside. Don't plant anything there. After some time, grasses will start growing. 
Not because the, the ground have sinned, but because there is a curse in this world. So as children of God, that is why you always need to apply the blood of Jesus over your life. Because we are in a world that is full of sin. I want you to get that. So the Bible then says, the son of righteousness, son, not S-O-N, but S-U-N. Son, the son of righteousness, will arise with healing in his wings. Now, follow me now. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our what? Iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. That was what sealed it. Chastisement of our peace. We now have peace with God. Forgiveness with God. And by his stripes, we are what? Do you see the two messages there again? He was wounded for our transgression. Transgression is the sin you commit through action. Iniquity is the state of the mind. The sin, things you meditate on. Is somebody with me? Now, in Exodus chapter 15, verse 23, there's an important story there. Now here, for the sake of bringing out revelation, it is, I've just told you about healing a bit. I'm going to show you something here. Then I will then bring out other revelation that may not necessarily be physical healing because I believe God wants to also heal people emotionally this morning. It is not only physical healing that sickness that exists. There are emotional sicknesses too. Alright? So as I bring us some important revelation from here, I'm trusting God to help me in the next few minutes to do what they need for. But this evening by 5 p.m., then we'll go deeper and I believe that somebody's going to have an healing encounter today like never before. So Exodus chapter 15 verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah. For they, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called what? Marah. Are you with me? Verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. Murmuring is a sin. Murmuring is a sin. And that's why they did not enter into the promised land. Because of murmuring. Now, look at it now. And they cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, the cross. The Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Verse 26. And he said, look at it now. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the Lord thy God, and we do that which is right in his sight. Doing that which is right means don't sin. Do you agree with me? Do, oh, I, church, are you with me? Doing that which is right means don't sin, right? Good. Do that which is right in his sight, and we give yet to his commandment, and keep all his statutes. So he first addressed, what was he addressing here? The problem of sin. Are you with me here? He, he first talked about doing something right, living to please God. He was speaking, he, he, he has just he done something, turned bitter water to sweet. Then he's talking about living right, living a godly life. Then what did he say? I will put none of these disease upon thee. Do what is right. And I will put none of you will not be sick. 
I will put none of this disease upon thee, which I've brought upon the Egyptian. Can we all read the last words together? For I am what? For I am what? I lift up your right hand and say, He is the Lord that He let me. Say it and mean it. Say, He is the Lord that He let me. Is healing my business? Is healing my career? Is healing my marriage today? Is healing my body? Say, The Lord is my healer. Hallelujah. Believe He is your healer. Now, let's take some important revelation from this. Number one thing I want you to know is that God reveals what is essential to us. When God wants to reveal things to you, he only reveals things that are essential to you. Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 says, the, things that are, the secret things belongs to God. But the things that are revealed are for we and our children. Do you realize that God did not explain what made the water to be bitter? Uh, Are you there? God never talked about why the water was bitter. But he addressed the bitterness in their life. You know, oftentimes in our life, it's not everything that we, we have to know. You know, I've actually said that where did um, Cain get, get his wife from? Well, let me quickly answer that because some of you have also asked that question before. Where did Cain, because the Bible only said that, and Cain went to go and got his wife. But meanwhile, the only thing that the Bible talked about was that Adam and um, Cain and Abel. Well, what you need to know, for instance, is that during the dispensation of innocence in Genesis chapter 1, and Genesis chapter 3. Before, it was not that God created Adam today. And Adam sinned tomorrow. No. In fact, before the time that Adam was created and he sinned, there was a period of almost a thousand years. It was not that, that God created Adam today and he sinned tomorrow. No, that's not the case. But the part that has to do with our redemption... Because the Bible said that the blood of Abel began to speak. The part that has to do with the Messiah, everything about the Bible centered around Christ. Anything that is not centered around Christ, you won't find it in the Bible. The Bible is a message of redemption. The focus is on Jesus. So God did not have to explain how many children Adam had before he sinned. But God just, we just saw that, yes, there were other children elsewhere. Are you with me, somebody? <laughs> oh, you, you know, I, I thought by now you should, you should be happy. Because I'm asking some of your questions. Are you with me, somebody? Good. You know, some of you ask, so, Lord, why me? Why me? Why am I like this? Don't, see, stop asking why. What you need is, Lord, what is the way out of this? Because we focus on why, 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 and we lose sight of the real thing. God never looked at why was Mara bitter, but he showed them the solution. I don't know why everybody gets sick sometimes. All I know is that there is a, the presence of sin gets, makes people sick in the world. 
I may not know why you lost your job or why your marriage has not worked out well. I may not know why you are not married or why your marriage is not working. I may not know why things are the way they are around you, but I do know something. That there is a God in heaven who has given us a son. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And today, whatever is afflicting your life, by the power in the name of Jesus, you are delivered now. In the name of Jesus. The second thing I want you to note about this story in the, when they came to the place of Mara. Mara represents the place of tests. It represents the place of tests. God brought them from Egypt. There were other waters in town. Jordan, River Euphrates, a lot of them. But why Mara? God brought them to the place of tests. You see, let me say this. The place of tests is not the place of your downfall. It's the place of your promotion. Is somebody getting me? I will say it again. The place of tests is not the place of your downfall. It's the place of your promotion. From Genesis to Revelation, one thing is common to every test and trial. A new revelation of God. At every junction of test and trial, you will see that God then show up with a fresh revelation of who he is. Mara revealed God the healer. It was not about the test. It's about the revelation of God. Mara, the place of bitterness, where they were so thirsty, that was the place God chose to reveal himself as the God who heals. When you are faced with tests and trials in life, you can either do one or two things, move back and say, God hates me. God, why, why, why didn't you give me this water? Why didn't you give me that water? And why did you bring me to this point? The place of test is the place of revelation. Or you can rather then do the other thing, lift your hand and say, Father, I thank you because you are about to reveal yourself in a new way right now. Can I have somebody say amen? amen. Mara revealed God the healer. Abraham, God called him 75. At 75. When he got to 100 years, God waited until nothing could happen to him anymore. You see, one of the things about tests is that you must know that in life, you will always be confronted with things that you cannot do anything about. That's one of the things about tests and trials. They, they, their power cannot make this water sweet. In life, every one of us, we get to the point, situations in our lives, where your certificate will not be useful. Where all the phone calls you can make cannot change anything. Where the people you know, even the connection you know, cannot work. 
where all the things you have learnt in school becomes useless. That is the place of your own mara. It is the place of, not a place of downfall, but it's a place of revelation. That is why David said, I will lift up my heads onto the hills. Why? Because he realized that there is nothing that he can do now. Abraham could have fathered a child when his wife was 50 years old, when he was 60 years old. But at 100, Romans chapter 4 says, his body was now dead. And the womb of Sarah also was dead. Her breast are sad. Now, even he does not even have the strength that he used to have. Now, he could not do anything about that barrenness anymore. Doctors could not help him anymore. Nobody could help him anymore. And you know, that is the place God showed up as a God of fruitfulness. God waited 70. He did. Because he can still go and do transplanting or implanting. Eight, 60. He could still go and do any other thing. God waited until everything that could make a child naturally was finished in his life. Everything naturally, both in him and the wife, that could make a child, God waited until that time. All was finished. Then God then came at 100 years old and said, 99 years it was when God said, by this time next year, you are going to father a child. Do you know what happened? For the first time, both Abraham and Sarah laughed. <laughs> Why did they laugh? Because they looked at them and said, you didn't come when I was 50. When, when, when I was 40, you didn't show up. When I was in town, you didn't show up. When I, 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 I had money, you didn't show up. Now you waited for me to lose my job to tell me I'm going to be a landlord? <laughs> you see, some of you, God is going to give you a miracle building this year. You don't have a job or you are going to build a house. Oh yes, you are going to build that house. I said, you are going to build that house. I sense the anointing of the Lord giving somebody a miracle house this year. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. It got to the place of helplessness. Everything natural. Do you know why it is for people to receive forgiveness and to receive healing? Because with forgiveness, there is no alternative. So when people say, God forgive me, they know that they cannot go to the doctor to forgive them. The lawyer cannot sue God if he doesn't forgive you. The police cannot arrest God for not forgiving you. So you see, when we come to ask God for forgiveness, we bring all our faith to bear. Because we know that if he doesn't forgive us, we are done for. But when it comes to healing, why is it that people don't have healing? Because when they come, the moment that headache is not gone, they are going to Panadol Extra Street. The moment that stomach upsets is gone, is not gone, they are going to see the doctor. I don't have anything against the doctor. But the reason why people find it hard to receive healing and find it easy to receive forgiveness is that it's about their perception of God. One has no solution. The other has alternative. And anytime there is an alternative, people find it hard to, 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 to receive from God. And God does not like competition. Are you with me? He revealed himself and he made good his promise with Abraham. 
Another example I will give you, David versus Goliath. You know, that God was showing, the David versus Goliath was God showing that he can do more, he can achieve much with little. Everything about the story of David and Goliath signifies the power of little. Number one, a little boy. Number two, little experience. He has never gone to war. He has never gone to war. And to top it all, number three, little sling. He didn't have the sword. He didn't have the shield. He did not even have the main catapult like we call it. He had a sling. A sling is different from a catapult. A catapult has is Y-shaped. Catapult is easy to target. People used to call it catapult. Go and check. It was a sling. It's different from a catapult. David never used a catapult. He used a sling. A catapult can actually focus on the target. But a sling, you put it in and you roll it like this. You roll it like this. A, a sling has less focus than a catapult. David did not even have a catapult. He had a sling. So you could see that his, his disadvantage was there. Everything about, he could not even afford a catapult. He, go for, he went for a little sling. And yet, God achieved much with little. That is the summary of the story of Goliath. The God that can do great things with little things. The reason why some of you have stopped dreaming, you looked at your salary and you felt, how can I get a car? Some of you have not even proposed to anybody this year because you felt, ah, with this my job, who go marry her? I'm not saying it's not right to be logical. But Goliath and David's story should teach you a lesson. That God does not achieve big things with, with... God does not achieve big results with big things. He achieves big results with small things. And I say to you today, whatever little you have, 2021, God will achieve much with it in your hand. Dream again! Dream again! You don't need all the connection in this world. All you need is God. He had little, 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 little. And do you know something? When they tried to give David something that was big, which was now the shield and the, the armor of Saul, and the, he could not, he said, he, he said he, he fight, in his life he has never had big things like this. So David could not even wear the armor of Saul. He could not wear an armor. It was too heavy for him. So the Bible says he, he, he took it away because God always loved to glorify his name. God is about, you are wondering why after all your prayer, all you still have is this little. Believe in that little and run with it. You are going to start seeing much results. You see, it's not every time you pray that God will give you big things. When God, when you pray sometimes, the, all you need is to have faith in that small thing and see a big God doing something great with a small thing. And that God is coming through to your life today. I said that God is coming through to your life today. Lift up your right hand and say, he's going to do great things with my life. Oh, do I have somebody who believe it right now? Say, he's going to do great things with my life. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness God. Now let's move. I'm talking about the lesson from Mara now. Now, 
The third lesson you should learn from that story is the, the differentiation between the provision and the provider. In the story of Mara in Luke chapter 15, Exodus 15 that we read, the provision was the tree. God gave them the tree. Are you with me? God provided the tree. But the provider was Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, the healer. He said, I am the Lord that elects you. So he used a tree. Yes. What does that mean? Stop looking for provision. Look for the provider. Those who are looking for healing may never get healing. But those who are looking for the healer will get healing. If you focus on the provider, you will never lack. If you focus on the provision, lack will resurface. Am I, are you still with me or you are lost? Okay, let me tell you what is happening. Go to John chapter 6. We are going to see this play out here. Let me just use John chapter 6 to explain. And I'm going to stop with John chapter 6. John chapter 6 from verse 4. This was where Jesus fed 5,000 people. But there is a, this lesson I want to drive home, you will find it here. Verse 4 said, let's start from verse 3. And Jesus went up into the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Verse 4. And the Passover, a feast of the, of the Jews, was nigh. Now, underline that word, that was the essence of that miracle. To reveal himself as the Passover lamb. The Bible said the Passover was very near. So what you're about to see play out was that the, the focus should be on the living bread, the Passover lamb, but they missed it. This is why a lot of Christians' life has frustrated today. Because they kept seeking provision and have no relationship with the provider. They kept seeking healing and does not know the healer. And now things are getting messed up. Look at, let's continue. Verse 5. No, let's start from verse. Yeah, but when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may what? Eat. Bigger than him. God knows he does not have the money to buy bread. And God knows that there's no amount of bread that you can buy from a bakery that can feed 5,000 women beside their husband and children. And yet, God is saying, where shall we buy bread? In life, like I said earlier, unless you are not growing, but if you are growing, you will always get to the portion where God will ask you, where shall we buy bread? In other words, I know this is bigger than you. What is the way out? Right now, some of you are discouraged because of things that are bigger than you. You have come to the point where God is asking you, where shall we buy bread? But it's high time you look eyeball to eyeball to that thing and say, you are, that sickness, you are not going to kill me. 
Where shall I get healing? You may be incurable, but you will not kill me at the same time. My God is bigger than you. Where shall we buy bread? Where will you get a job in 2021? You don't even have a school set. Where will you get a job? He's asking you, where shall we buy bread? You tell that job, my God will make a way. That was the answer Jesus expected of him. Where shall we buy bread? He should have said, my God is Jehovah Jireh. He is going to supply all my needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Where shall we buy bread? I don't have anybody proposing to me, but I have declared this year I'm going to get married. How can you get married when nobody's proposing? It's a question of where shall we buy bread? Put your hand together for Jesus. Today you have gotten to the point where God is asking you, are asking yourself, where can I buy bread? Where will I get a solution to this problem? Where will I pay this house rent? How can I pay this house rent? How can I get this visa? How can I get this fruit of the womb? How can I break out of this recurring circle? What do I need to do? Listen to me. I may not know where you want to buy the bread, but I know that there is a supplier of bread. And his name is Jehovah Jireh. And he's going to show forth in your life. He's going to glorify your name in his name in your life too. I don't know where you are going to buy bread. But I know that with you is the God Almighty. Who will never leave nor forsake you. You may not know where or how. But you know the living God. At this juncture all you need to do is trust him. Trust him. You don't know what to do. You are confused. Where shall you buy bread? Well, yes, I agree that you are confused. But right now, listen, I will lift up my heads unto the heavens. From whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heaven and the earth. You see, those who call upon God can never be put to shame. Where shall we buy bread? It was even Jesus that was asking them. He wanted to know where their attention is. If your attention is on the doctor, when the doctor tells you nothing can be done, you will give up. Because the doctor said, where shall we buy bread? If your attention is on your boss, when you lose your job, you feel your life is over. Because the question is, where shall we buy bread? If your, 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 your confidence is in your certificate, the moment they advertise the job and they say 10 years minimum experience, you have 3 years experience. The question is, where will you buy bread? Where will you get the remaining experience? You see, but you have to begin to know that all things are possible. I said all things are possible. All things are possible with God. Hallelujah. They are asking for 10 years. You don't know how to get the 7 years. Lift up your hand and say God will make it happen. You did it because of you. They will reduce the age again. Wow. Put your hand together for Jesus. Where shall we buy bread? Where shall we buy bread? Jesus asked. He was revealing something much more important to them. The Bible says in verse, the next verse, it said, and it said to prove him, for he himself knew what he will do. Ah, listen to me. This junction of your life, God knows what he wants to do. The problem is, we get discouraged when our mind cannot come up with a solution. 
but God himself knows what he will do. The problem is when we sit down and we think it to the left, think it to the right, think it to the front, think it to the back. Some of us, we think, and the only thing we can do is, hmm. And some of you will even finish, I am finished. Some of you will even say, ah. You know, and you become hopeless. Why? Because your mind cannot come up with a solution. But you serve a God who made a way in the wilderness. You serve a God who made road, highway, express road in the, in the midst of the rivers. You serve a God who brought fresh food from heaven. You serve a God who doeth what no man can imagine. That is your God. That is why we call him the Lord, the way maker. That's why we call him the miracle worker. That we, that's why we call him the beginning and the end. You see, you may not know where your life is going to end. But I tell you, all you need to do is to look to the end of your story. The end of the story is Romans chapter 8 verse 28. For we know that all things work together for good. Hallelujah. And God did not say only good things will work together for good. Even the, your disadvantage will work together for good. Even your what, what your shame will work together for good. He's the one that determines the output. So whatever is coming in, when that thing gets to God, everything, no matter what it is, the end result is what? Good. So look at yourself. I say, look at that situation. And say, I may not know how, I may not know when, I may not know where, but I know you are going to end in my good. You are going to end with good for me. You are going to end with good for me. You are going to end with good for me. You know, I share with you, several years ago, I was walking somewhere, and in my life, I thought I had a problem. Anytime they are sharing gifts, I'm always missing out. It became a source of concern to me. That I thought I have what we call bad luck. When they are sharing gifts, I don't, for whatever reason, I'm not always there to partake of the gift. The one that paid me most, I will never forget, was the first and the only time at that time in my life I would have gotten the first bag of rice. I have always received maybe the rica of rice, maybe one paint of rice. But nobody has ever given me one bag of rice. But on this day where I was working, the man during December period decided to buy, unknown to me, bags of rice to distribute to all his boys that were working with him. And on that day, it so happened that there was a program in the church. And um, he, he did not tell anybody what he was going to do. And when it was time, I said, sir, I have to go to church. I said, oh, she do that. I, I said, sir, I don't want to miss the service. And they threw the joker. Then somebody said, ah, oh, God, we share rice today. Then I was told, I said, please, if they share the rice, eh, help me keep my own. I carried my baggage. I went to church. The next day, I walked like a gallant mopo. Straight to the office. Straight to the office. And here was I. Where is my rice? 
and the bad news came. August said, anyone that was not around does not deserve to get a bag of rice. I said to myself, this thing followed me here again. I don't know whether you have been there before. Where the circumstances of life just makes you feel as if something is totally wrong with you. No, no, you can never enjoy good things. But you know something? I didn't know that God was sorting it out. That day, the devil said to me, you see, you will never get a bag of rice. You will never get a bag of rice. You know what the Bible said in that place? He himself knew what he was going to do. But God knew what he was up to. I lifted my hands. And for the first time, instead of crying and mourning and whining over the bag of rice that I've missed, say, Father, I thank you for this bag of rice that I've just missed. Do you know what God was doing? God was preparing me not as a rice receiver, but as a rice giver. Today, when that period, in fact, that same boss, I have sent bag of rice to him. Oh yeah, I have sent bag of rice to him. That same boss, I not only sent bag of rice, I had that good measure, press and shake it together to him. Today, that same boss will ask, if there is anybody that is a genuine servant of God, he said, go and meet John. I, he's, not a, he's not a Christian, he's not a Muslim, and I'm a world worshiper. But I was shocked when he publicly said, that guy is a child of God. Today, every, every period of that time in December, yet I don't look forward to receiving rice anymore. I buy bags of rice, and I also, and any time I distribute, I remember that experience. So it was not all about bad luck after all. It was about God himself knowing what he was up to in my life. I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know where you are. But I'm saying, trust God. He's up to something good in your life. He's up to something great in your life. This sickness will work together for your good. He is the Lord your healer. The same people who are mocking you today will join you in testimony tomorrow. The same people who are saying, where is your God? Will not say, of oh, a truth, there is a God she serves. There is a God he serves. Because God himself knows what he will do. Put your hands together, stand to your feet this morning. Lift your hand and declare, you are the Lord that he led me. You are the Lord my healer. You sent your word. You sent your word. And you heal my disease. Oh, you are the Lord. Oh, yes. My healer. Why don't you sing it again? You are the Lord. You are the Lord. Thy let me. Thy let me. Oh, yes. You are the Lord. My healer. My healer. You sent your word. You sent your power. Oh, and you heal my disease. Oh, you are the Lord. You are the Lord. My healer. Somebody sing it one more time. You are the Lord that healed me. You are the Lord. 
your finances today. Oh, you sent your word and hear my disease. Oh, you are the Lord, my healer. Remember, I said. Sin and sickness go hand in hand. Before I pray for you, this morning God is not only going to heal your body, He's going to heal your emotions, heal your businesses. Whatever is sick in your life will receive healing today. Amen. Now before I pray, if you are here, you are not born again or you are watching online, you are not born again and you want to accept Jesus into your life as your Lord and personal Savior. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be born again. I want, or you've, you have backslided, but you want to come back to Jesus. You want to say, Jesus, I am coming back to the feet of the cross. I knew you died for my redemption. Right now, wherever you are, if you would like to surrender your life to Jesus or you rededicate your life to Jesus, just place your right hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. Just place your right hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. I see those hands. God bless you. You are making the best decision today in surrendering your life to Jesus. At the viewing center, everywhere you are, you can give your life to Jesus right now. Now say this words after me. If you want to rededicate or give your life to Jesus, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to receive the salvation that you purchased through Jesus Christ for me. Today, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that He died for my sins, that Jesus was buried and He rose again. Dear Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart to you. Please come into my life and be my Lord. And my personal Savior. Remit all my sins. With your precious blood. And please write my name. In the book of life. Thank you Lord Jesus. For saving my soul today. I rededicate my life. To you Lord Jesus. Make the best out of me. In Jesus name. Father, I thank you for all those who prayed that prayer from the depth of their hearts. Those who have committed their life to Jesus right now. I pray that these ones will be rooted and grounded in your kingdom forevermore. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that indeed all things will become new in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for that which you have done today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you prayed that prayer from the depth of your heart? You prayed that prayer from the depth of your heart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You prayed it. God bless you. Hallelujah. After the service today, I want to encourage you. There's a class called Believer's Foundation class. It just takes place. It's a 45 minutes class that takes place after the service. I would like you to be part of it. It's going to help you build your faith. The Lord bless you greatly in Jesus' name. Now let me pray. Place your hand anywhere you need healing very quickly. Now listen to me. Listen to me before I pray for you. Tonight is the real night. I'm going to be teaching you on healing and deliverance. But, but I want to quickly say this. You saw how easy it was to receive forgiveness of sin. And you did not doubt that God has forgiven you. 
Now, as I'm going to pray for you, it's the same simplicity that your healing is going to manifest. It's the same thing. It's simple. Forget about any wrong teaching. Healing is very simple. The same way you receive forgiveness is the same way you receive healing. Now, place your hand in that area you want the Lord to heal you right now. Now, if it is your business and uh, any other thing that is not physical ailment, you just place your hand on your head or on your chest. I'm going to pray with you right now. But if it's a place you can touch, just touch it right now. And I'm going to pray a very simple prayer with you. Now, say this words after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you because in Christ Jesus, you redeemed me from the curse of sickness. This morning, I place every sickness, every disease back to the cross where it belongs. It doesn't belong to my body. Sickness, you don't belong to my body because you are a curse. You are not a blessing. Jesus redeemed me and brought blessing to me. Therefore, every illegal occupant of my body, in the name of Jesus, I command you to live now. I command you to live now. In the name of Jesus, say now, in the name of Jesus, I boldly claim my healing, receive my healing. That Jesus purchased for me with his blood. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For healing my body now. For healing my body now. For healing me now. I am here. I am here. I am here. I am here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now receive your healing now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every physical ailment, psychological sickness, whatever it is, physical or non-physical healing, whatever is sick in your life, receive healing for it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are delivered. Amen. You are set free Amen. because you are a child of God. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this healing. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop our website at www.lgc.ng. May God bless you.